Hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Well, hey, Courier Nation, welcome back for another week on the Deliver on Your Business podcast. And it is good to have you back, and it is great to be back. And I'm looking forward to another week here on the podcast. Folks, I pulled the trigger. I decided to make, uh, I, I, I uh, put the deposit down. I am going to be uh, do it, delivering soon on an e-bike. I'm not actually buying an e-bike. I made the decision that, you know, I've, I've looked at some different e-bikes out there and too many of them were kind of like this one size fits all. That There's something kind of weird in the e-bike community and somebody could show me maybe that I'm wrong, but a lot of them that I see, they kind of do a one size fits all. And if you're on one end or the other of the spectrum on those one size fits all, they don't always fit so well, you know? And that's, that's the part that I was ultimately nervous about. I made the decision that instead... I'm going to convert my bike, a bike that I've got. I've got a Surly Disc Trucker. It's a touring bike, you know, old school steel frame, but it's been an awesome bike for me. And uh, so I've got a place around here that's going to uh, convert that to an e-bike for me. So pretty soon we'll get a chance to kind of do a little more of an experiment myself on e-bike delivery. Uh, kind of inspired by uh, Kevin Ha with uh, Financial Panther. He was on episode 84. And so I'll keep you up to date as far as how that goes. Right now, they're just waiting on a battery to come in. I did want to let you know that we do have a few slots open in the 31-day Courier MBA email course. Uh, That is a course that is uh, uh, MBA stands for Master Your Business Attitude. And, uh, it's just an idea that, you know, the idea is not to come in and try and tell you how to do delivery, but what I do want to do is try and inspire you to think like a business person, uh, develop a business attitude and apply some tools because you've already got what it takes, I think, to be awesome at delivery. But if I can give you some tools and help you think more like a business person, maybe that might be able to help you become more profitable. So uh, if you want to try it out, there's still a little bit of room as I do this recording on August 25th. The class starts September 1st. We're capping it at 50 people. So there's only a few slots left. I'll put a link in the show notes, but you can go to uh, entrecourier.com slash get your MBA, M as in master, um, get courier.com, entrecourier.com slash get your MBA, and you can uh, find out more about the class there. Okay, Courier Nation, so the question comes up, should I quit my job and go full-time to deliver for DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, any of those others? I hear this question asked a lot, and here's what happens. You know, you you pick up uh, dashing uh, with DoorDash, you pick up delivery work with Grubhub or with Uber Eats, and you find out you're actually making more money than you realized, and, and you start comparing that money to your paycheck, and it's actually better. It, it looks like you're making a whole lot better money, so does it make sense to go full-time then, and, and especially if you just hate your job? But anyway, it's so much better, it just... Is, is, is full-time a good idea? Should I quit my job so I could do this full-time? I'm going to tell you that there is no answer to this. There's no one right answer because the answer varies based on who you are, where you are, all sorts of things. And you know, it's funny because I see this question like in the Facebook groups and I always see somebody saying, oh yeah, absolutely do it. Dive in. 
And I always see somebody say, oh, no, 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 this is, that, that'd be stupid. It's, it's only supposed to be a side hustle. It's not sustainable full time. And I'm going to tell you, it's terrible advice from both people. Why? Because they haven't dug into who that person is or what they're doing. You know, to the person that says it's not sustainable, my response is baloney. I have done this for two and a half years, and it is far more sustainable than, than the jobs that I've worked for the past few jobs that I've done. I, I look at all the uh, W-2 jobs that have gone away during the pandemic. So you look at those and tell me how those are more sustainable, you know? Um, but the flip side is I couldn't sit there and tell you, yeah, absolutely. It's the best thing to do. Cause it could be the worst thing that you could do. We've got different temperaments. We're in different markets. Things are different. It might be busier here than it is there. So because it's going well for me, doesn't mean it will be for you. And maybe, Maybe there are just things about uh, how you look at things, see things that this probably wouldn't be the best fit for you. And, you know, here's the other thing is, uh, if you live in California, I would tell you absolutely, absolutely do not quit your job right now to do gig work. We'll get into that in a little bit because we kind of break uh, go into that in a little more detail. But the thing about it is it's an individual answer. And there are so many different things that factor into that. It's a great decision for some people to do that. And it's a horrible decision for others. So how do you decide? Well, what I want to do is I want to walk through a seven-step decision process to ask about, is it a good time to go full-time? Now, back in episode 44, gosh, that's 42 episodes ago, uh, almost like, what is it, nine months ago, something like that? You know, I asked, is, it a, is full-time delivery a good idea? So it sounds like basically the same topic, and in a lot of ways it is. So why another episode? Why another article? Well, two things. One, a lot has changed, and especially coronavirus. You know, nobody saw 2020 coming, and we still don't know what the fallout's going to be with that, but that, that kind of introduces some new variables and some new things to think about. But I also thought it would be a good idea to take a little different approach with that, because in episode 44, I looked at that question more from pros and cons. This is what's good about it. This is what's not so good about it. This is why you might think about it. This is why you might run away. This time I thought I want to take the approach more like kind of a step-by-step and walk through some questions, walk through some ideas, walk through some thoughts, walk through these steps, and maybe that could help you out. And for some people, the pros and cons thing is all you need. And for some people, this step-by-step that I'm doing is, is the best way to go. And uh, maybe you might check out both. And if you find one more helpful than the other, I would love to hear from you. I really would. Uh, send me an email at ron at entrecourier.com or go to uh, the uh, uh, blog post that I put up that uh, is kind of tied with this. It's pretty much about the same thing, almost word for word, but not quite. And uh, you can go to that at entrecourier.com slash 86, and that'll get you to that. And you can leave something in the comments there. Maybe for you, it works better to just walk through these steps, ask yourself the questions, do the research. And so let's walk through these steps here and see if maybe that helps you make that decision. Step one is you gotta, 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 gotta build a business mindset. I can save you a ton of time and a lot of headaches right here. I can keep you from having to read any further from having to listen to any further from this. You can shut this off right away. And that is If you're thinking about this like a job, if you're thinking that, okay, this is a better paying job than what I'm doing currently, don't quit. There's your answer. End of the the episode as far as you might be concerned there. If you're going to go into this with an employee mindset, this is not a good idea. It will be a total disaster. There are too many ways that you get in trouble with it. 
And this is why, because you're not an employee. And if you're going in thinking that you're an employee, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be pissed. There are going to be all sorts of problems because here's the deal. There are no protections. There's no safety net. DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, Postmates, they don't care for you. They're not going to take care of you because they don't even care enough to make you an employee. And so there's no guarantees. And the bottom line is they don't owe you any guarantee because you signed up agreeing that you're not an employee. I hope you paid attention to that. The only way to succeed at this is you go into it fully aware that you are running a business. I'm going to repeat that phrase a lot today. You are running a business. You've got to, got to, got to treat this like a business. You've got to think like a business owner. You've got to develop a business mindset. And if you think you're getting a better or better paying job, it's not going to happen, mainly because you're not getting a job. And so you've got to understand this here. Independent contractor means you are running a business. No safety net, no guarantee. Those are all things that I've already said just moments ago, but I'm repeating myself intentionally because this is just so important that you understand that. And if you want to make a go of this, you've got to approach this with an entrepreneurial mindset, with a business owner's mindset. You've got to be okay with the fact that these gig companies owe you nothing. They don't owe you a penny. There's no guarantee, and you've got to be okay with that. The people that you deliver to owe you nothing. You have nothing that is owed to you other than what has been promised on an individual delivery offer. That's how this gig thing works. That's what you agreed to. And you can't sign up for this and then say, okay, I changed my mind. I want it to be something else. You agreed to this. But here's the beauty of it all. It's not just that you can't have it. It's that you get to take control. Here's the thing. You want to develop a mindset that says everything is my fault. Because see, once I say everything is my fault, I grasp the fact that it's all up to me. And when things change, even things outside of my control, it's within my power to pivot. It's within my power to do something different. And when you decide that everything is your fault, that's the moment you get to take control. And that's the moment you get to flourish. Now, in the introduction to this episode, I talked about the 31-day Courier MBA email course that's starting on September 1st, and I really encourage you to go check that out and see if there's still a place for you in that. Uh, It starts on September 1st of uh, 2020. MBA stands for Master Your Business Attitude. If you can't get into the course, then at least go check out episodes 1 to 31. They're kind of what the whole thing is patterned after. They're all focused on that same concept. The whole idea is, and really it's what this website and the podcast are all about is this idea that you need to think and act like a business owner. The name Entree Courier stands from, comes from Entree, which means entrepreneur. And technically here's the deal. You are a business owner from, from a tax standpoint, from a legal standpoint, all of that as an independent contractor, you are a business owner. Well, why do you want to make it just a technicality? Why not just grasp that and take control by doing that? The thing is, is Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats, what they're trying to do is they're dodging responsibilities by calling us contractors. But when they do that too, they open the door to freedoms. They open the door to a lot of rights and they open the door to opportunities. And if you grasp those opportunities and embrace that role, I think that's your best best to make a real good go of it. You get to be the boss. If you're going to go full-time, you've got to be willing to be the boss. Step two, you want to understand the bigger picture. 
And ultimately it comes down to, you got to ask yourself, why do you want to do this? Is there anything beyond just making a switch to something that's going to pay better? You know, why is it that you want to get into this delivery thing? Why would you want to make this change from your job to doing full-time delivery? And maybe it's just that you hate the job that much. Maybe you love the delivery that much. And and those are all good things to consider. Those are all valid things, but you got to think about, you know, don't go all in on delivery without really soul searching. What is your why? Go to episode three, entrecourier.com slash three. It's all about understanding your why. What is it that has you doing this in the first place? And, and really the whole idea of understanding your why is just digging in. Why am I doing this delivery? Why is that important? Why is that answer important? And it's ultimately getting down to what really matters to you. What's really important to you? How does this fit in with all of that? Why do you want to make this particular change? You know? Is it just the money? Because if it's just the money, chances are you're going to feel the same way about this delivery stuff as you do your current job. This might be not be the best step if it's just simply, okay, this pays better. Maybe I'm going to do this because you know what? Something changed with the current job. I'm pretty sure that probably when you started the current job, there was something exciting about it. There was something you were looking forward to. It was going to be a good move for you, right? And now you want to get away from that. Well, if it's all about just getting a little bit better job or a little better paying job, the same thing is going to happen with this. Do you want to get yourself into that situation again, especially without the protections that go with being an employee? How do you feel delivering for these companies? Now, I'll, I'll tell you my story. I left my job as a business manager to start doing this. Now, actually, I left my job actually to do some things that I was really passionate about, but I started doing delivery to pay the bills so I could do those things. And it was all part of the same thing, but it was ultimately that I chose to do this because of the flexibility and I chose to leave that job. It, it wasn't more, it wasn't more leaving that job as much as it was moving over to this because, you know, a regular nine to five wasn't going to give me the flexibility about it. But the thing that amazed me about this was how much my level of stress went way, way, way down. You know, I, I found I really enjoyed doing this more. And, and it wasn't a knock against what I was doing before or against any of my jobs before that. You know, here's the deal. It was like my last two interviews that I had. Uh, one was episode 78 with Mike Biseglia, who does the Mike Delivers podcast. And then uh, just two episodes ago, episode 84, I had Kevin Ha, who runs the Financial Panther website. And I talked with him because he's making 40 bucks an hour doing deliveries on an e-bike. And, but both of them said the same thing. You know, Mike was a radio producer for uh, a talk show and uh, Kevin was a lawyer. And they said they enjoyed doing delivery so much more because of that lack of stress. And it was like, at the end of the day, you could leave it behind. And it was such an awesome feeling. I loved it because of that. And so, you know, the question you got to ask yourself, is that how you feel about doing this? The flip side is, are you one of these people that really gets triggered if the customer doesn't tip? Do you really get uptight if you're stuck waiting at a restaurant? Are you really fed up if, you know, the restaurant's slow, they seem incompetent? Um, how angry do you get with DoorDash or Grubhub or Uber Eats because of the low pay offers and different things like that? Seriously, I, I would tell you that if those things really get you upset, this probably isn't a good full-time gig because you're doing the opposite of what I was talking about. You're actually getting into more of a stress level. You're getting into something that really can make you more uptight and it might not be a good fit. 
And one of the reasons I bring this up, I just see, you know, like in the Facebook group, so many people that get just so angry and bitter at instructions that the customers leave or how much they got tipped or how much this offer was, or, you know, all sorts of different things. And it's like, and maybe this goes back to step one about taking that business mentality because you're taking control. You're saying it's on me. And I think when people get really upset at all these different things, they're kind of looking at it from they're at the mercy of everybody else. And I think as long as you feel that way, you might be bitter. So maybe step one leads to step two. I don't know. But if you're one of these people that just gets really upset at some of these things, you got to ask yourself, is more of the same a good thing to get yourself into? How would you feel doing more of this? You know, have you had a chance to figure out what it's like to do this full time yet? Have you had a chance to see what, you know, is, is it going to be a grind to do as many hours as you need to make it work? You know, have you dug into that? Be honest with yourself. If you're okay now, but you've only been doing 15 or 20 hours, have you had a chance to try 40 or 50 hours or more? Who knows? Maybe you're thinking you're going to be like uh, Sam Lyon, who's the guy out in Oregon that I wrote about that, uh, you know, he was doing 84 hours a day and made $8,300 in a month. But if you're doing nothing but dealing with restaurants and customers and hanging out in your car all day and being in traffic, dealing with parking, all of that stuff and dealing with the apps, is more of the same going to be something that you want to do? And one more thing, I guess, when we get into talking about this whole big picture thing is, how does this help you get to your why? The first question I asked as part of this big picture portion is, what is your why? How is this going to help you get to that? You know, I mentioned I left the job as an as a business manager. And because here's the deal. Delivering for Grubhub and Uber Eats and DoorDash is not my why. This is not the kind of thing that I woke up one day and said, you know what? That's what I want to do with the rest of my life. But it is what I want to do because it lets me do what I want to do with my life. It was a strategic decision that I wanted to do some other things that I still needed to pay the bills. And so this had the flexibility to allow me to do that and actually had kind of some extra benefits that, you know, worked even better hand in hand with the things that I ended up wanting to do, which was kind of a pleasant surprise. But that's why I chose this, that flexibility. It's a perfect fit for me because it pays the bills, but then I can deliver what I need to and I can do the things that I'm passionate about when I want to do those things. And, and it's just, I love it. How is this helping you get to your why? How is this helping you to be who you want to be? How is this helping you to do what you want to do? You know, it may not be the kind of thing that you say, Hey, this is my dream job. Um, I'm amazed at how much more I like it than I thought I would, but how is it helping you with that bigger picture of who you are? So you got to kind of just take that whole picture. The big part of the big picture is who are you and how does going full-time fit with that? Okay. Step three, you got to figure out if this is going to be sustainable and this is big, you know, cause the pay looks great, right? you know, you might get $500 and uh, you only did 20 hours of work. Hey, that looks awesome. That's a hell of a lot better than my paycheck. But is it? And the other question is, is it going to be for a long enough time? You've got to dig into that question. Is it going to meet your needs? And can it meet those needs for a long period of time? What do you need to get by? Do you know what you need to get by? Have you done that math yet? Have you figured out what you absolutely have to have? Because that's the first step in figuring out that sustainability. You got to know what you need. And 
what do you have to have to get by? You know, that's, that's part of it is getting by enough. I'm going to tell you that there's a time in my life that, uh, uh, getting by would be pretty awesome. You know, getting enough to survive would be pretty awesome. I'm at a time in my life now where just enough to survive, there's, there's stuff I want to do. There are things that I want to work for that, that go beyond just, you know, paying the the house and the rent or the, uh, the mortgage and the, um, grocery bill, you know? And so you've got to ask yourself what, where you are in that spectrum and what is it going to take to meet what you absolutely need to meet? And like I mentioned, you know, that I had left the business manager job. And when I did that, I thought that I'd probably be getting a pay cut, but I had done the math to figure out that I think I'd be okay with the pay cut for a little while. And it actually turned out paying a lot better than I thought it would and paying a lot better than what I was making before. But you got to ask yourself, what do you need? Have you done a budget? Have you ever done a budget? You guys got to go check out Dave Ramsey. He's got some tools to help you out. I'll put a link in the show notes to help you there, but he's got some good stuff to help you think in terms of doing a budget, but you got to sit down. You got to pour over everything that you absolutely need to have and, and take a look. You know what? Take some time, sit down with your bank account and walk line by line through everything you've spent money on and ask yourself, do I have to spend that money? And what happens if I don't? And how happy am I going to be if I'm not able to spend that money? You know, do all those things because then what you can do is then you can, you know, the problem is a lot of times when we sit down and we try and figure out a budget, you know, we look at the big picture items. We look at the rent or the mortgage. We look at the grocery bill. We look at the, you know, what it takes to keep our car going and we forget the haircuts, you know, we forget the, um, the t-shirt that you just bought or whatever. So you, you want to, that's one of the reasons you want to look at everything that you spent so that you've got an idea what those little things are. And add all of that stuff up. What have you got to have? And then ask yourself, are you going to make enough to meet those needs? You don't know yet. You might not know yet. Now, that's another step beyond that because there's there's another piece to this puzzle. A lot of people think that they're going to make enough and they're not. And so that's that's important to know too. You got to know what you're really making. Chances are it's not as much as you think. And big case in point is your car. Your car costs more than just gas. Go to episode 17 or andrecourier.com slash 17. Your car costs more than just gas. And that might not matter as much to you as a side hustle if you're doing 15 or 20 hours or whatever. But when it's your total livelihood, when it's all the money that you're making, you're going to wear that puppy out. You drive so many miles that you're going to wear that puppy out. You're going to destroy the value of it. You're going to have to do repairs more often. You're going to have to get tires more often, all sorts of things that they, you don't think about them because they're not coming out of your pocket right away. And I use this term a lot that your car is a credit card on wheels because every mile is driving up some costs that you're going to pay down the road. Be aware of what it actually costs. And that's why I say go to episode 17 because that will go into a little more detail about that. But also pay attention to what the benefits are that you're leaving. What is it that you're leaving from your job? You might have, you know, healthcare, you might have 401k, you know, and, and what happens if you have to leave that behind? And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned uh, Kevin being on from Financial Panther, and he's got an article talking about the pros and cons of being an independent contractor versus an employee. I'll put a link of that in the show notes. But, you know, one of the things he talks about is sometimes, you know, if you've got a spouse that has benefits, then that makes it a lot easier to do the independent contractor type of thing. You got to understand, you got to pay those, pay attention. What about the paid time off? 
you could take, you know, if you get three weeks, you, you got sick days, you got vacation time, you're leaving that behind. What do you do with that? You know? And then there's those taxes. Guys, one of the reasons that a lot of people get into a lot of trouble when they decide to go full-time is they compare that paycheck to the direct deposits from DoorDash and Grubhub and everybody. It's not a good comparison because that paycheck is taking the taxes out. The paycheck is taking whatever it is costs for the different benefits out. Nothing gets taken out of that money from DoorDash and Grubhub and everybody. So you got to understand that side of things. I'll walk through an exercise further down that'll help you, you know, cause this is something, if you start doing this, you get a better feel of what you're actually making. And I think you really want to walk through that, but I'll get to that in a little bit. <clears throat> Here's the deal. I said this before. I'm going to say it a lot of times after this, you are running a business. You've got to look like this. Look at this like a business. And the most important rule here, when we're talking about all this is that what you're making from these companies is not what they're depositing into your account. That's not what you're making. What you're making is your profit. That's the money that's left over after everything else comes out. So you got to be very real and you got to understand that overall cost of your car. You got to understand all those different things and use that to compare and compare that to the part that we talked about just a little bit ago. What do you need? Is that going to be enough? That's part of this whole question of sustainability. There's a couple other quick questions. One, what happens with this whole independent contractor thing? What happens with AB5 in California if uh, they're starting to sue companies? And, and, and ultimately, it's going to come down to this. Um, it's going to come down to three things happening. One, the law gets changed or repealed. Or two, you be, I mean, these companies have to hire employees and there's no guarantee that you're going to be hired as an employee or three, the company closes down in California. And so what happens if that goes into, you know, what, what happens in California for you? What happens in any other state that decides to take those same steps? What happens in this nation if PRO Act passes? which is basically includes the ABC test as part of AB5. And uh, Joe Biden has said that he would sign that into law. So, you know, you just got to be aware of those things that are happening there. And what happens then if those things happen? And the other part of it is Corona, COVID-19. What's going to happen to the economy as a result of this? In, in a lot of markets and a lot of you have probably noticed things are slowing down already. Why? Because that extra unemployment money is dried up and there's not a whole lot of assurance as far as what's going to happen after this because Congress can't get their act together. What happens then? And is the economy going to bounce back? You've got all these businesses that have been closed for so long and they've been kind of propped up, but uh, you know, once a few of them start falling in, is it going to be like a house of cards? What's going to happen there? And, and with delivery being, you know, once we get past this pandemic, it kind of became more of a necessity thing for a lot of people. But prior to that, it was more of a luxury thing. And I think it'll revert back to that. But, it, you know, can people afford that luxury right now with the economy? Those are the kind of things that you want to think about when you're asking, is this whole thing sustainable? Step four, then, is do some market research. Get to know what's happening in your market. Pay attention to what's happening and what has happened where you're at. <clears throat> and the first part of this, I'll go back to this independent contractor thing. I'm going to tell you, if you're in California, I'm going to tell you, do not quit your job to do this full time. 
do not give up anything to do this full time if you're in California. It would be stupid. It would be horrible. There's a chance you might get by okay, but here's the problem. California is cracking down on the law that they passed a year ago that essentially was aimed at gig economy companies saying they could not use them as independent contractors or the law actually defined when you could use one, but it's, it was all stacked against DoorDash and Grubhub and Lyft and Uber and all those. And so it's going to come down to one of three things happening. Either the law gets changed, either that law gets repealed, AB5 gets repealed, or Pro Act, or, I'm sorry, Prop 22 gets passed in November. If that doesn't happen, then these companies have to hire people as employees. And if they decide they can't afford to do that, they'll close down in California. It's going to be one of those three things. And if the law is not changed, you've kind of made a mistake. You know, if you've decided to become a full-time person in California. So don't quit your job if you're in California. Don't quit your job if you're in any state that might very soon crack down and do the same types of things. And I'm looking at, you know, uh, New Jersey and New York are two places that uh, um, those, those are ones that have done a lot of signaling that they're ready to start cracking down on this whole concept. Uh, New York already had a Supreme, you know, their, their state Supreme court or their court of appeals. It's their highest court has already ruled that a Postmates driver was an employee. There is no room for appeal on that. That's the highest court in the state. There is no room for appeal. What's New York going to do with that? They haven't had time to bother with it right now, but eventually they're going to. And, you know, could that turn into another AB five type of thing there? The reason why nothing is shut down in California is they can still appeal. They're going through appeals processes. So, but in New York, there's not room for that. Now there, it, it touches only in one area, but it just, it is such a, it, it's, it's a level of decision. I, I'm still amazed that it was so under the radar that they made that ruling, uh, that, that people didn't pay more attention because it's at that level of a decision that, uh, they could have a lot of repercussions down the line. You know, there, there are a number of states are talking about they want to do more with that. What about your state? Is your state one of those that'll do it? Now, if you're in a, you know, more of a Democrat, or if you're in a heavily Democrat state, there's a greater chance that they're going to try and cut off the ability to be an independent contractor. That's just the nature of things. That's not trying to make a judgment Republican versus Democrat. That's just how it looks because that's just how it is because the Democrats tend to say you need protections. The Republicans tend to be more like, you know, open market, free market. They tend to be less control. If you're in a Republican state, you're probably a little safer from that type of thing. Pay attention, though, to that. Pay attention to what your state is doing or isn't doing. What about other revenue streams in your market? You know, let me ask you this. Are you just DoorDash? Are you only Grubhub? Are you only Postmates or any of those companies? If you're doing that, if you're only on one, do not do not go full-time and stay that way. Um, here's that mantra. You're running a business. It is never a good idea to have only one customer. And that's basically what you're doing. If you're only doing DoorDash and you're going to go full-time, you're leaving yourself vulnerable because if something happens with that relationship with DoorDash, you're screwed. So you want to be taking a look at what else is out there and how well are they doing? You know, um, find out from other people how well they're doing. Get onto as many apps as you can is, is my advice and find out the ones that work well for your style and have a backup because if the app crashes, which happens all the time on DoorDash, 
what happens now? When you're part-time, because you've got a full-time job, that doesn't hit you as hard. But now if that's your only income, that hits you real hard if you can't go out and deliver because the app crashes. But if you can get on with Uber Eats or Grubhub, when that happens, now you're protected. You see what I'm saying there? So where can you go and what can you do when something goes bad? What happens if a customer lies? You know that there are customers out there that are saying, I didn't get my food, and they're doing it to get their food for free. That, that way they can get a refund. Well, drivers are getting deactivated. They're getting fired because of that. And if you're one of those people that's unfortunate enough for DoorDash or Grubhub to believe the customer instead of you, even though you delivered the food, now all of a sudden you can't deliver for them. Now what do you do? You've left your job. So you want to make sure that you've got other options out there. And again, you know, that happens. And if you got another job or something like that, you're okay. But now when this is your only livelihood, you've got to have multiple streams of income. And the last thing you want to do is know is what's it like in your market? When is it busy? When is it slow? What has it been like? I'm amazed how many people are freaking out because Grubhub has dropped their minimum to $7 in their market. You guys never, those of you that are freaking out about that, you were not delivering, I know, before the pandemic because it was three or 350 was the minimum. You know, and, and if you've never known how low it could be, you're not really aware that you're actually making a heck of a lot more than you used to make, that you're in the middle of this bubble and that bubble could burst. How well are you aware of whatever that bubble looks like? What was it like in your market before the pandemic? How busy was it before the pandemic? How busy is it in your market usually in late August, early September? When does it get busy again? What's going on with these companies? Are they Have they oversaturated your market? If you know, if, if DoorDash isn't putting out these big um, higher on bonuses, that's usually a sign that uh, you probably are less likely to want to go full time because things could really be slowing down. But if, if these companies are really recruiting hard in your area, that means they're expecting it to get busy. You know, so pay attention to what's going on in your market. Do that market research. Step five, get yourself ready. Let me put it this way. Don't quit your job. That's not a final answer. It's more like don't quit your job yet, 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 yet is the key word. We've gotten this far now. And generally what I'm going to tell people is now that you kind of know what you want to do, it's still not time to quit your job unless you're absolutely ready. Now's the time to start getting ready. My friends, if you're really thinking about doing this change, you know, if you're really thinking of quitting your day job, or your night job, whatever job, and, and trying to do this full time, I really recommend you check out a book uh, by John Acuff, A-C-U-F-F. The book is called Quitter. And I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, I am an Amazon affiliate, so I get a little bit of commission. It's a very small commission if you buy something through that. But John, I think the link that I put is like to the uh, Kindle, or I mean, I'm sorry, to the Audible version, which is if you're doing deliveries, man, do Audible uh, because you can learn so much in between all of your deliveries driving around. Anyway, John talks about, he talks about being doing this reverse Superman thing is what he called it. Reverse Superman. You know, here he's, he's kind of building his dream business. He wanted to be like a motivational speaker, uh, do a bunch of this stuff like that, but he had to do a regular job to pay the bills, but he was kind of building his dream business on the side while doing his regular job. But he said there was a while where it just kind of felt like he was doing a reverse Superman. It was kind of like he would come back from doing, you know, coming back from being Superman, and he had to change out of Superman 
to go do his work. And it was kind of like, uh, and it was kind of like, instead of ducking in the phone booth as Clark Kent to become Superman, he's ducking into the airport restroom stall as Superman so that he could become Clark Kent and go to work. And he said that was hard to do, but it was also the kind of thing that helped him be able to finally get things launched. And if you're ready to do this, I think you kind of want to maybe consider continuing to do the reverse Superman for a little while yet. It's okay to do that. Use, use some time, use what you're doing to get yourself ready so you can make the jump if you're not ready already. I'm going to walk through a couple things to do to ask you if you're ready. And, you know, if you haven't done these things, do these things. If you are ready, then maybe you're ready to make the jump. But the first thing I would tell you to do, absolutely must do. Uh, if you're going to do it, go into this full time because of the fact that there's no protection, there's no safety net, you've got to build your own safety net, build an emergency fund, get some money set aside so that when things go bad, when things go wrong, you're covered. This is another thing that, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey, I talked about him with budgeting, but one of the things that he teaches people to do is the very first step to digging out of debt is not to throw a lot of money at the debt. The first step is actually to build up an emergency fund. He said, do whatever you can as quick as you can to build up about $1,000 in emergency fund before you pay a penny towards extra towards those debts. And the reason for that is that gives you the peace of mind so that if something happens, you're not sidetracked and you're not thrown off of the ability to pay off those debts later on down the line. And so here's the deal. Let's say you dive in full time today. Okay. And tomorrow you test positive. You've quit your job and tomorrow you test positive for COVID. And now you got to sit out for a couple of weeks and there's no money coming in. Can you survive that time? If you can't survive that time, don't quit your job yet. And what I would tell you to do is go out and work extra, do, do as much extra work as you can throw in a lot of hours. And that's the beauty of doing this gig work is, I mean, you can do as little or as much as you want to do, and you don't have to ask permission to go throw in an extra 20 hours. Well, go do those 20 hours and, uh, you know, bring in 400, 500, $600, dive in, build that money up and save, save, save. And, you know, maybe stick this out for a couple of months until you get to a point where you've got enough money to cover you for, I would say, at least two weeks if something happens. That's your emergency fund. That's something that just kind of holds you up. If, you know, you um, if you get sick or the car breaks down or whatever it is, make sure that you got something so that when you make that leap, you're okay if something happens right afterwards, Okay. Second thing I would really encourage you to do, you want to get a bank account, a different bank account. You are running a business. I should go back and count how many times I said that here today, but you are running a business. Act like it. When it comes to taxes, for record keeping, you just want to have a separate account for your business. You want to be able to say all your business stuff happened here because if it ever comes to an audit, it just makes things a lot easier, a lot cleaner and a lot less confusing. It also, it just, it helps in so many different things. You got a lot of people that when they were getting aid, um, during the pandemic, it was easier to do so if everything was kept separate and uh, if good records were kept, all of those different things, what you want to do is you create an account for your business. Now it doesn't have to be necessarily a business account, but it's an account for your business. At least like I've got a separate account for my business side it's a personal account, but it's something that I keep separately. And the thing is, is your business expenses and your business income go into your business. 
your personal expenses come out of your personal account. Now, once you've done this, then you're going to get into a process where you give yourself a paycheck. Remember what I said earlier, that your pay is not what comes from Grubhub or DoorDash or anything like that. So don't treat that as a paycheck. Your pay is your profit. Your pay is what is left over. So let's get into a process now where you got something left over. And so the best way to get a feel for that is get in that habit of giving yourself a paycheck. You've got your account for your business, right? So all of your money from Grubhub or DoorDash or whoever you're delivering for or contracting with is going to go into that account. And you're not touching a penny of it until you've done three, these three things. This is my advice anyway. This is what I would recommend. You're going to create three savings accounts. One account is for your taxes. I'll put a link in the show notes that goes into a little more detail about how to figure out how much to save for that. There's a number of different ways you can figure it out, but you got to set money aside for taxes. Second account is for your car. You call it your operations expense, you know, because most of your operations are your car. I really recommend do it based on miles. <clears throat> At the very, very, very minimum, take 25 cents a mile that you drive for the week and you put that into your car account, your operations account. And then when you buy gas, when you do repairs, whatever maintenance, anything related to your car, then you can take it out of that fund. Okay. So that's your second thing. And I talked about getting to know how much your car really costs. If you got a newer car, you got a more valuable car, 40 cents a minute, 45 cents a mile. I'm sorry, a mile, not minute. 40, 45 cents a mile, you know, get to know what your car actually costs and take that amount out per mile. Be, that helps you to be real about what your car really costs. Now, your third account is a paid time off. I do $50 a week. 49 weeks of the year, I'm putting $50 in there. And three weeks of the year, I'm taking about $800 out. And, and that's so that I can take vacation or when, when the pandemic hit and I took some time off there, I could take the money out of that, you know? Why do you do this here? It gives you a better feeling for what you're really making. You know, if you cannot afford to put that money aside, that's going to tell you, you can't afford to do this full time. You're not making enough money. The other thing too, is it gets you into more of a business mindset. You're thinking in terms of profit because see what you do, you take those three things out, you take your taxes, your car and your time off, paid time off. And it's only after you've done those things that what's left over of what you got paid is what you transfer to your personal checking account. And that's what you can use to put into your budget or whatever you're doing. Okay. If you do this, you get yourself more into that business mindset and, and it's, it's just going to really help you. I think in a lot of other ways that you do things, the last part of being ready or getting ready is get a feel for what full-time is really like. Have you tried doing full-time yet? Have you had any vacation time where you just went all in for the week? Can you stomach doing this full-time? You know, and I asked this question earlier, what's it going to feel like? You know, and there's one side where you try and imagine it, but there's the other side when you actually experience it. So if you haven't done this yet, find a way to do it. Don't quit your job without knowing, you know? And so if that means you take some vacation time, if you still have any vacation time left from your job, do that and go full-time and see how you like it. If that's not a possibility, then you know what? Pour in the extra hours on top of your day job. Try and get 30, 40 hours a week. It'll be a grind because you're working another job. But what you're doing is you're getting a feel, first of all, for whether you can stomach doing this driving for 40 hours a week or whatever, but you're also getting a feel 
for what you're actually able to make doing this full time. So, so get yourself some practice. Once you've done those things, now we can go to step six, where you develop an exit plan. Because seriously, what are you going to do after delivery? You got to understand that there's more than likely going to be an after delivery. I'm not sure that delivery is going to be an option for that much longer because of all this stuff with AB5 and with ProAct. And so, you know, things could change and things could change fairly quickly. They might not change, but I don't know. Are you going to want to do this for 15, 20 years or whatever? Um, I don't think that I would want to do much more than a few years, although I'm not sure if I would have thought if, uh, you'd have told me I'd want to do it for two and a half years if I would have thought that. So you don't know for sure, but this is not the long-term type of thing. This is not a lifetime career type of thing. Either by your choice or your circumstances that are outside of your control, this could come to an end. So what is your long-term thing? You got to think about that. You got to start thinking about that, you know, and, and unless you want to just bounce from one thing to the next thing and you could do that. I don't think you ever get anywhere doing that way. What do you want to do when you grow up and how do you get there? You know, one of the things I love the most about this is that it helped me towards my, what I want to do when I grow up thing. All that time in the car was time that I could learn. I had podcast episodes. I had audiobooks. I'll put an episode where I kind of talk about some of that stuff in the show notes, but um, I learned a lot about websites and podcasts that way. That's how I learned to do a lot of this stuff that I'm doing because I could use that time. And for some of the other stuff that I'm really passionate about, I could use that time to sometimes just to think and, and to learn. And so here's the deal. You don't have to know exactly what you want to do next, but you've got to be actively pursuing. You've got to be actively thinking and dreaming and asking yourself and soul searching. There was a time in my life where, you know, I'd heard people say, do the stuff that you want to be, do the stuff that you're passionate about. And I used to say, well, my passion is to know what I'm passionate about because I didn't really feel like I was passionate about anything. And that kind of became my passion. And I started thinking and dreaming and praying and all this stuff and started figuring out where I wanted to go. And so here's the deal. You know, a lot of people, you know, what they find out is that this is kind of like a gateway drug. You get a taste of running your own gig. You get a taste of running a business and maybe you want a little bit more. And that happened to me. And and when you're driving, you've got the time to learn how. So start thinking in terms of what are you going to do? What is life after delivery like? And, and if you don't know what life after delivery is, then make that your goal to start deciding. And then use your time when you're driving to start working on that. So the final step really kind of comes down to something very simple. You make your decision and you execute. Now, if you've really gone through these steps, if you've really thought them out, I think by now, you know what you want to do. Full-time might not be for you. You may have arrived at that decision and that's cool. Or maybe you know what else you really want to do that maybe you've got something else that is really, man, that is your heart, you know, and that's what you really want to dive into. And, and like, like I was, this is your way to get there. And that's a great way to go. And maybe this is still better than what you're doing right now. Maybe that job is just sucking the soul out of you and life is too short to be that miserable. But you make your decision and now what? Make your plan. When's the best time? Is it is right now the time to quit? Or do you need to give it a couple months to get ready? Some of those things that I've talked about. 
do you want to give it a couple months? Because maybe there's some benefits that you've earned that if you just hang on for another month, another two months, it'll help you through a lot of things. Maybe it makes sense to hang on a little bit longer, take advantage of those benefits. Decide on when it's time to make the decision, whether it's today or whether it's November 1st, you know, whatever it is. Do those things from step six. Get yourself ready when buying your time, if you're not doing it right away, and then you just do it. Maybe now's the time to go. Maybe it's later. I can't tell you one way or the other. All I can say is make your plan and then do it. And it's all part of being the boss, folks. And and that's the thing is I'm wrapping up today. Guys, this is the thing I love about doing this for Uber Eats and Grubhub and DoorDash is I get to be in control. And, and you know what? Once I made that decision that uh, everything is kind of my fault and everything is on me, guys, you it, it, it's been amazing how freeing that is. I don't get bothered by the restaurants. I don't get bothered by the tips or anything like that because it's kind of like, okay, that was my decision. That's on me. And and the beautiful thing about it is I could just, I, I think once I got to that point too, I started making more money. And this is the thing, folks. If you want to do this, you got to do it with this decision that you are the boss. You got to do this with this mindset. Like I said in step one, build your business attitude. Master your business attitude. And that's what I want to ask you as I wrap up today. Folks, if, if, this, if this episode, if this podcast, if this website are helping you out, please spread the word. Let people know. Leave a review on Apple, on any of the places you can leave a review, or just share it with people so that we can help them out as well. But more than anything, the best thing you could do for me is just go out there, take control, and be the boss. <laughs>